Thurston and Divan were trying to create a way to levitate the lady and they, they came up with all these amazing methods. I want to say it was Devant, I'll have to check, doing this levitation. And then in the theater next door, Peter Pan opened up. And they're, they're in Peter Pan, there's lots of flying around, as you know. But people wouldn't come and see his show. They'd go and see the Peter Pan show. Even though wow. in Peter Pan, you could see the strings, you could see the ropes. There was no illusion of the person flying. But the story was so much better. They would go and see that rather than see someone actually fly next door. They're guys. They do magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. We're back. Episode 110 of The Magic Guys, where we as magicians take on the topics of life and answer your questions live as well. Although we don't have your regular magic guys with us, we still have a magic guy. Very magical. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ian Brennan to the podcast. Thank you very much, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, good to have you here, Ian. And thank you. I always say this to our UK guests. Thank you for being up so late. Because <laughs> I know it's midnight for you, even though it's 10 a.m. Yeah. for me. Shout out to Bob here. He's excited about this. He arranged us to meet on this podcast. So thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. And as we go along, we'll answer everyone else's questions. So feel free to put them in here. Uh, John says, welcome to the greatest podcast. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Even though Ian has his own podcast, which we'll, t we'll chat about later. People are going to ask this throughout the episode. I'll bring it up now. Jason and Doug aren't here. We killed Jason and then Doug has a hangover. No, Doug probably <laughs> does have a hangover right now. He's celebrating in... In your link for, for Mardi Gras. Yeah, he put up a post a few hours ago, so I know he's deep in the partying, um, which is great, you know, like a 50-year-old dude just like, he, he, <laughs> he's like, guys, I'm not going to be here for the pod. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting hammered. Mm. So good on you, Doug. And Jason, so when we do the podcast, we use a Roadcaster Pro as like what will connect our microphone and camera together and all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Jason's just died, which... I'm not surprised with all the 365 videos he's doing and, and constant stuff he's putting it through. It's given out. So he's probably sitting at home watching this, uh, but he couldn't really get on with any good quality audio, which is unfortunate. But yeah. luckily Ian's here. So none of that matters because Ian is a worker in the like corporate event, private event, wedding space, which is what I love to chat about the most. It's kind of a niche episode. I think it'll be fun. Anyway, Ian, what, uh, what's going on in your world at the moment? Uh, uh, well, first, I've got to say a shout out to uh, Mark Evans, our magic, who's just come into the watchers there. He's one of the UK magicians here and is staying up till midnight as well to stick with us. So thanks, Mark. I hope Ooh. it's all worth it for you there. Good evening. Good evening. Um, what's going on with me? You mentioned we had a podcast. Um, myself and another magician, Phil Taylor, had a podcast called The Magician's Advice Podcast. And we did that for about seven years, and we've just drawn a line under that now, which means I've got a bit of free time to do other things mm. around the world, which is quite useful. Business-wise and magic-wise, um, you, you're quite right. Most of my time is spent at weddings and corporate parties, black tie functions. That's my, my jam, I guess. I love being able to break into groups and have a chat with people and just bring a bit of fun and entertainment. Um, I call myself the sophisticated magician. Thank you, Mark. Um, I call myself a sophisticated magician. I don't think I'm especially sophisticated, if I'm honest with you. I'm, I take myself quite lightly. But it helps with branding, and that that's purely why I, I do that. Um, yeah. A lot of I people think, in the, yeah. 
it reminds me of of Steve Cohen. You know, he branded himself as the millionaire's magician. Yeah, and yep. and then through that he became the millionaire's magician. You know, um, and and yeah, it's a good. It, mm. You got to have some kind of unique selling point, right? So, exactly. sophisticated magic sounds sounds like the thing you want at your event. Although there's, I guess there's a discussion on like if you call yourself a thing, will people believe it or will they? You know what I mean? Like there's a power in someone else saying it, but when you say it yourself, I don't know. Did that, did you find any pushbacks on that or is that just a magician brain? <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think you're, you're right to think it, but I think that's kind of a step beyond what the lay people think. For mm. me, it's more in the UK, we've still got that image of magician is like um, top hat and bunny rabbit and a kid's party. So to step away from that, uh, I'm not a mentalist, so I wouldn't get down that route of branding. I'm definitely a magician. But I wanted some sort of way of saying, I'm not going to be a cheesy, um, oh, there's a silk in your pocket kind of magician. And not that mm. there's anything wrong with silk magic, if that's your, you know, if that's your jam. Um, so I'm just putting sophisticated magic, a nice logo with some gold on it, and, and a nicely presented website. I find when people come to me, they know what they're going to get. And nice. whether they like that or not is, is up to them then. But they're not got that barrier of, oh, it's a magician. I don't want a magician at my party. They're going to be cheesy. So I yeah. find it helps a lot. You know, I I really loved um, on Penguin, there's a lecture called uh, uh, by uh, Shimshi, the Las Vegas mm. magician. And he talks about this point a lot. And so instead of going down that road, because in Australia, there still is that annotation of, oh, you're a magician. Oh, great. We've got some kids mm. here. They'll love you. You know, there's yes, still a yeah. little bit of that even though um, Penn and Teller's Fool Us plays a lot here and mm. America's Got Talent, magicians, you know, winning and stuff definitely helps change the perspective. But um, when I watched Shimshi's lecture, he talked about for corporates, he brands himself as an illusionist, even though he's doing close-up, even though he's doing mm. uh, like a stand-up show. Yeah. Um, just for the pure fact of it makes you seem more sophisticated, mm. I guess, um, mm. without yeah. saying it. And so anyway, so... Yeah, so even on my business cards, um, it'll say illusionist. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And so I'll refer to myself as a magician and everything later on, but at, at the event, like mm-hmm. I really don't, they could call me anything, but um, that's what I say. And then they're like, oh, illusionist, great. Yeah, let's see what you're doing. Or it's a joke that as an illusionist, you can charge like 30% more. Or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely. people already have that that extra perception of you. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you get that with a solid brand. You can then say, this is my price and this is what you're going to get. Um, definitely with Illusionist, I reckon you can charge more. Um, I, I don't think I can charge that with Sophisticated as a brand. But the with Illusionist, that kind of, to me, would say very modern, very on a stage performing a show. And I, mm. I, I do quite a bit of parlor. <clears throat> I, I enjoy that, but I don't have a stage show. So I, I'd feel quite dishonest pretending that I'm modern and I'm kind of stand up and do a backflip and catch the cards with my toes sort of thing. Um, <laughs> not that anyone here does that. Um, but That's so, so wild that, <laughs> that you know that. <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, that w- really wouldn't work as a brand. I'm very much a, a calm, gentle person. I'll, I'll be there at the event to make whatever you want work. Mm. I'm kind of like the most entertaining waiter at the event almost. I love it. There's a... Show. A friend of mine in Sydney, Australia, he has a um, 
a weekly parlor show, does very well. Um, he's, had it, he's had it for a few years now. But he brands himself as the gentleman's magician, like the gentleman magician. Rather. Yeah. yeah. Um, same kind of thing. Yeah, it's very, mm. you know, his etiquette's, you know, his dress is always on point, everything. Mm. everything. His dress, I mean, his suit. I wanted the gentleman magician, but when I typed it in to Google, it came up, someone else has already got it. And yeah. I was thinking I'm very much a gentleman in my attitude, but I don't want someone to Google my tagline and it not be me. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Anything of a tagline, try and make it yourself. Like yours, you've got your name and bold. They're going to mm. search it. They're going to find you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruce is a good friend of mine. Uh, I'm sure you could outbid him. I don't know if he wants to change his branding. Um, oh yeah, I so love you that. can have it, but yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> keep an eye on it when he retires yeah. one day. <clears throat> but yeah. that's great. You know, another thing I noticed with with you is when I tagged you in the po- uh, in the promotion of this podcast, I got sent an auto message back straight away from you mm-hmm. on Instagram, and I think that's a really cool tool that's probably like quite underutilized. I'm just going to bring it up because um, yeah. I've never thought to do that. I mean, one, and I guess I want to ask you as well, like what kind of in- number of inquiries you're getting through Instagram to need to do that. But yeah, I sent, so I tagged him in a post and then it came up saying hi then with my name. Thank you for your message. I always try to be as responsive as possible and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. In the meantime, you can find out about my services at then your website, sophisticatedmagic.co.uk. Thanks again. Mm. Oh, thank you again, Ian. And, uh, and like, that's great. I mean, that way they can straight away if they didn't know it go to your website and look into it but yeah are are you getting a volume of inquiries coming through instagram or what made you want to set that up i find um the younger generation kind of the 20 year olds that i'll meet at a party will often find me on instagram i don't have a lot of followers i don't have a lot of people on my web my instagram or uh, anything like that so i'm not going to pretend i do but i find a lot of people message me off there and I'm not great at keeping up to date on social media. I'll check it once every couple of days and maybe reply to things. If you uh, YouTube, I've got hardly any videos, Instagram, hardly any videos on there, but I, I'm conscious if someone messages me, I don't want them to think he doesn't care and he, he doesn't want me to, to, to help out my event. I want them to know that if you, you want an entertainer, I'll be that entertainer for you. And I want them to have that kind of personal touch even though I'm not going to necessarily read it and get back to it straight away. And it also takes the pressure off me. So in my family, I've got a wife and two kids here. I don't want to be opening my phone every day and go, oh, there's an Instagram message. I've got to reply to that. This way I can just go, actually, I've got space tonight. I'll pick it up and I'll reply to all my messages tonight in one go. And I know that person's had a little touch on the head, a little pat going, it'll come back to you soon. It's okay. (laughs) And they they feel loved. They feel responded. If there wasn't that message going back, then chances are they'll go, oh, he hasn't replied. He's still not replied a few hours later. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll check someone else and they'll ask another magician and that's a gig lost. So the, I, I feel that's you've true. got to keep that touch there. There was another bit of advice to go with that that I was given. Um, oh, I can't remember it now. Oh, it was. If you ever, um, I've forgotten who told me this. If you're ever delayed in getting back to someone, it might have been off your podcast, I don't know. Um, if, if you're ever delayed in getting back to someone, say, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you soon. I was just finishing this gig at such and such a place. It might be Sean Farquhar that said that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. but rather than just saying, oh, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't come to you. I was down the 
corner shop, getting my groceries and I'm getting a loaf of bread and all the boring stuff that we do in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I was, I, yeah. I was on Vanishing Ink ordering my decks of cards. and Exactly. Well, what's that? Yeah. Make it, make them realize how busy you are with the job that you do and see mm. the value in that. And sometimes it is true. You know, I, I couldn't get to you because I was performing <laughs> at a party for 600 people. Great. If I wasn't, I might say that anyway. And it, it gets yeah. that, that energy of, <laughs> oh, this person knows what they're doing. They're working hard. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so give them give them a, a tap on the head, let them know you're there, and then reply to them at your own leisure. It sounds like you're really you've you've made it out of the matrix. Like you're not connected in that sort of you know super quick. I got to reply to this person. I got to post this. I got to comment on whatever all the clients that I've seen follow me stuff they've done. You're sort of out of it. You're like, yep, great. It'll just send them a message. I'll get back to you eventually because I'm so busy. <laughs> it's yeah. a nice way to be, you know. It is. It is. I mean, for me, I I don't know how people like Jay and Doug keep it up um, with the, the constant videos. I I love watching their content, but as a creator, my as a performer myself, I'm not a content creator. Mm. I would wonder if I was doing that, what would my end goal be? And in my position here with family and with the gigs I've got, having a million followers online wouldn't get me any more weddings than I already have and need if i don't know if that makes sense it makes that, it makes total sense yeah. this this is something worth talking about too i mean if you're at a point where you're already at the level of work you want to be at do you need to change it anyway you know mm-hmm. there yeah. is there is an essence of exclusivity if you're not mm-hmm. online a lot you know like Ozzy yeah. win comes to mind he yeah. you know now, i mean now he has his um show in new york that's that's booming and they're really mm. <clears throat> they're really marketing it as like the the ma- magic's best kept secret you know the magician's magician kind of thing mm. um and whenever you try to find footage of him there are a couple of clips because he's yeah. been on full us and um you know he's he's done a few effects that are promoting like books he's put out or downloads but you really can't find like there's no video of him on Instagram going, "Hey guys, all right, I've got ten cards here, and watch while one disappears yeah. and this, that, and the other." But then you have people like Jason Ma, who has no website. Like this drives me mad. He has no website. <laughs> yep. His Instagram has a Gmail email you can like reach out to him at, right, and yep. and he just gets the wildest inquiries um, mm-hmm. for gigs. <laughs> And I'm like, bro, that is insane. And the things, you know, the opportunities that come up to him are very different because it's it's more of the social proof mm-hmm. wave. Um, yeah. But, it, but it's very different. So I guess, yeah. But then I've seen <clears throat> he doesn't need a website because once people have seen him in person, they go on his Instagram, they're like, whoa, 100,000 mm-hmm. people love what you do. Um, you're probably good, you know. So it kind of has the yeah. same effect. Uh I feel like for you, if you were to, let's say you did put up lots of content. I mean, for me, I see it as like the new version of email marketing. Like instead of keeping Mm -hmm. up with your clients by email, they're all following you on socials anyway. So now they're just seeing, you know, you're staying on top of mind because they're seeing you in their feed. Even if they only watch a few seconds of the clip or whatever, they're like, Mm -hmm. Josh is there, you know, he's doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, And the reflection of that as well is for me, um, I'm not good at social media. 
the videos, the content. I'm very much, I love speaking to people. I love this sort of interaction. Um, but you try and get me to point a video and go, hi, look at this, guys. Boom, baby. And whatever, <laughs> you know, Jay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. be worthy of it. I, I can't do that. That's not me. So if you, if I put up, um, if I do the 365 challenge like you guys often talk about, you're going to see five great bits of magic and 361 bits of crap. And, you know, <laughs> that's going to do more damage to my brand while I try and get my feet on social media than it would if I, you know, if I, if I do less. I'm yeah. at a point now where I, I can't start that massive video journey. And, maybe, and maybe you, I, I know, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Like there is that fear of what will people think if they see me make a yeah. hundred crappy videos. In my experience, it hasn't changed what I do at all. Like there was a yeah. time where I would post only, you know, the photography event photos that were sent to me yeah. and only posting professional uh, uh, videography work that my videographer would, would come and film for me. Like there was a yeah. time I'd only do that. But then I realized yeah. like... No one really cares about the stuff I, you know, no one really cares. So I just now, I started that journey that we were talking about of just putting up stuff yeah. of me to camera and some videos will just not perform very well, but like no one, I'm not, I'm not getting booked less, mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. There is a fear of that, you know, the yeah. golden handcuffs, like you built your brand up and so you can't mm. play around. But I would, you know, I, I, you should just for fun, make one, just one and see yeah i don't know what happens i'll tell you Stick what I will. Phone. I will yeah yes yeah i will i will I've, yes. I've <laughs> i wonder when that horn was going to come out there it is uh no i've been listening to the magic guys podcast to get ready for this chat tonight and i've i've heard a lot about the 365 challenge and trick a day may and all, all these things that you guys do a lot like yearly um and i i respect it hugely but i've always thought you know it's not for me and it's still those challenges aren't for me, but I'll I'll dabble my toe in the social media video water, and we'll see what yes. happens. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's excited. Jimmy, Jimmy's thank excited. You, Jimmy. And Tim <laughs> makes a good point. You know, your style is different. Totally fair. And I think yeah. it goes back to what we're saying. Like, if you're already busy, why, you know, do you need to? Because it does take up a lot of time for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of your mental capacity, but you know, it's all fun. We did um, with our podcast. I started doing review type videos. And it wasn't reviews, but it was recommended effects. So rather than let's look at everything and, and say how bad it is, let's just cherry pick the best and share those. Um, yep. so Magician nice. Advice recommends. But that took so long to record and then share and then edit. You know, all the editing it took so long. And I found out yep. I was just sinking into a hole of uh, spending time behind my phone or computer screen. Sure. You know, I'd much prefer to get out in the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> so we say all this stuff we say all this stuff about how you know you, you don't put up stuff on socials but you've ran a you know a podcast for a very long time that is yeah quite a time intensive media source so yeah. how over so was it seven years you said over seven it, years you did the it podcast. was yeah yeah so um how frequent were the episodes we did them every two weeks every fortnight okay and it was the brainchild of my uh, magician friend, Phil Taylor. So he needs all the credit for creating the podcast, the idea, putting it together. And we kind of, between us, we, we organized the booking. He tend to organize more booking uh, like guests when we had that and could be the more creative idea of let's talk about this or let's help with that. And I was more behind the editing. We had an editor for a while. So shout out to Rob if he's out there. Uh, hopefully he is somewhere. Um, 
And, you know, was, we had an editor on team. We had a guy doing some videos for us called Tony. So we had a little team of ourselves there, patrons and sponsors and all that kind of jazz. But that was, yeah, it was a big, like you say, a big time sink. Seven years. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And what have you learned after that seven years? Oh, loads. It's been so eye-opening. Um, we started off both working magicians, but with a lot to learn. Um, and we've still both got a lot to learn. That's no question at all. But the magic world is a lot smaller than you think. If you need help from someone, reach out and ask. And people are happy to come and chat with you and happy to help you out. So don't be afraid to reach out to your idols. Sometimes they might burst that bubble of you, you really idolize someone. And when you speak to them, you realize they're not quite the same. Or what they say isn't the advice you expect. But then a lot of the time, they're going to be really genuine people that help you out and want you to do better and, yeah, and just flourish. And we got to speak wow. to all sorts of people like Bob, Bob Possible here. We yeah. learned about him and the, the team going around, Syndicate Magic going around the, um, say around the world. Next, that's next year, Bob. Yeah, going around America. <laughs> um, so it, it was just great. We, we spoke to loads of interesting people that I would never have thought I'd be able to get in a virtual room with and, and chat. It's yeah, I mean, like Sean idea. Farquhar, you mentioned, you know, I saw yeah. a little soundbite of him on on the Magician's Advice, Advice Instagram. Yeah. And Chris Wilcox from The Illusionist, you know, yeah. that, that's really awesome. Do you have, have you had any moments where you found magicians difficult to deal with? Oh, that's a great we question. Have, have you, yeah, you, we don't have to mention yeah. names, but, you know, you do um, seven years of podcasting. <laughs> you go. Well, something we always say before any episode on our podcast is we can talk about anything. We can uh, talk about projects you're doing, but we never badmouth any magicians because the magic world is so small. We mm. don't want to talk ill about people. We can always talk about bad things that happen and talk about problems in the magic world, but we don't badmouth other magicians. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. that's always the best way to be. And can, I, we I know send this, can we send this sound clip to Jason, please, so we can <laughs> have more guests on and stop <laughs> cutting some out? Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. As far as um, difficult conversations go, we haven't really had any. It tends to be by the time they've got to us and gone through the the little pre-chat and the vetting process and we've had a, an email conversation they're going to be on the same sort of page as us and they're people we either respect or we've heard about in the industry and yeah we've never had any awkward conversations on air i think the it's the flip side almost you've got people like um lloyd barnes david penn michael vincent kieran johnson really good conversations that you'd expect to be good conversations uh, Andy Gladwin, right, right. you know, Sean Taylor from Australia, <clears throat> John Archer, Ben Earl. We've had loads of people on. And then you've got local magicians, likes of Chris Congreve, Dave Jones, Owen Strickland, Dame Com Damon Common Conlon, who you probably never heard of around the world. But they're they're working day in, day out over here. And the things you learn from them are really amazing. And you wouldn't think, well, let's interview some random person from down the road in Birmingham but then you learn a lot from them. And then we've got some you know, really strange ones, like um, a guy called Frosty, Chris Frost, who's a children's entertainer or family entertainer. And he's got big, wild hair. He used to have a giant dinosaur suit at one point that wouldn't even fit in his car. And you wouldn't expect that conversation to be the most productive, but we learned so much from him. And if anyone's going to check out an episode, that'd be a great one to go for. Frosty told us about a thing called Fridge Time, which is just gold in its own. We had him on for a few episodes in the end. Um, and we spoke to somebody called Mandy, Mandy Davis, 
who's one of the old ladies, um, not old lady, but one of the older members of the Magic Circle. And her experience is is huge. And she has a wonderful little teapot bag that she pulls all of her props out of at the table. And the right. things we learned from her was great. Um, a lady called Eva May, who calls herself the wise woman of Wiltshire. And she does things like tea leaf reading, reading and um, goes to psychic fairs, that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, or craft, craft fairs. And you wouldn't think you can learn anything from that sort of entertainer as a close-up magician. But there's loads. Yeah. Everyone yeah, has everyone has that golden nugget of wisdom, mm. right? That you absolutely yes. So yeah. everyone can check that out. The Magician's Advice podcast. We'll add the link into the description of wherever you're listening to this later on, so you can you can get to that. Or um, yeah. can they link to it through your website? Uh, not through mine. No. We've got our okay. own website. Uh, we've got Spotify. We're not on YouTube, but yeah, most podcast platforms you'll find us. Yeah, great. Okay, we'll put that up there. Um, that's great. And that's one of the most fun things about podcasting, right? Is Mm -hmm. that you get to have these conversations with people you ordinarily wouldn't, right? And you get to, then when you go to a magic convention, you can go up and say, Hey, because you've chatted with this person. (laughs) Have you done that? Not yet. No, that's, I'm looking forward to it though. I'm looking forward to it because we've made some, some really fun friendships that we Mm. keep in touch with now since then. Um, and we're yet, but we're yet to meet in person. It's, it's the Mm. most odd thing like doug um doug con we haven't met in person but we've been chatting to each other every week for a year and a half now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know very strange i don't even Brilliant. know what doug's doug smells like he could smell horrible and the, i wouldn't even know yet <laughs> the strange thing will be because you've met online like this when, when you meet each other face to face it's how tall are you really you know i didn't realize you had legs <laughs> well with doug you see him yeah. on the videos but you know see you in person that's how tall yeah you are. yeah that's true that's so true. Yeah, and you look at them like, yeah, I could take you. Speaking yeah. of beating people, <laughs> I've had both sides of the coin. I've had it where I was at the Magic Circle in, in London, in the changing rooms there, uh, chatting away with the guys getting ready. And um, I heard someone from down the corridor go, that sounds like Ian Brennan. And someone recognized my voice. Amazing. <laughs> you know, that for me was, I've made it. There was someone wow. who recognized me by my voice down the corridor. Got it. And then I've had the other side where I've gone up to someone at a, a, a meeting, someone that's been on the podcast and yeah. said, hi, how are you doing? And you can just see the blank expression of they've got no idea who you are. <laughs> it's, uh, it's gone completely forgotten as we do. As we, I'm terrible with faces. Because when you would interview people, would you have video form or no? They would just log in through a, a voice call. We'd always try and have video like this, but we wouldn't record the video um, yep. or share the video which kind of helped people feel at ease. They could turn up however they liked and, and mm. just have a chat. I find it a lot easier to see people and to chat with them and you can judge their reactions a lot more. Oh, for sure. But, yeah. By the way, was... your your background is wonderful. Uh, thank thank you. you for going to all that effort. I'll just full screen you so everyone can see here. What what is this your parlor background, your parlor show? It's kind of my everything background. Um, it's three banners. The one in the middle is kind of two meters long. I'm not sure what that is for American friends. Um, the two on the side are about a meter wide each. And this is something that a chap called John Morton suggested for us, not for the podcast, but just for life in general and for yeah. wedding fairs. If you have a banner, a backdrop that is in sections, you can spread it out and make it wider to fill a, a stage as large as you like. You can compress it to make it smaller. You could miss out sections to make it even smaller if you need be, which is a great idea. So this comes with me for wedding fairs. Um, I put it up behind me and it creates a little theater type space. Yeah, that's um, great. I, yeah, I put it up and I'm recording here. And then 
it, it looks consistent, but I could be anywhere. So I, I could be in this space. I could be in another mm. room. I could be stuck in a hotel somewhere and it looks the same to the audience. Very nice. Rather than having yeah, like it's a little, it's a little hard to just shift my whole room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I'm going to record an episode somewhere. Cause I, I'm waiting for the day that I'm traveling somewhere and I just pick up a little USB mic to do the podcast with, but then the background mm. would be trash. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, luckily, we don't. We didn't do video. So when we did the conventions and we walked around with a, a handheld recorder, we were okay. But yeah, whenever I'm trying yeah. to do an interview with video, this is always up, and it's a bit of consistency. I love it. Clutter behind. <laughs> yeah, you. I love it, man. You could you could totally revamp the podcast again and and bring it onto YouTube <laughs> because gosh, yeah, you, you know, you sound great. The video looks great, and yeah, you can. Hey, nice. <laughs> if we ever, if we ever uh, need an extra person on the Magic Guy show, I uh, hope you don't mind getting up at midnight every uh, every Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm afraid, Josh. Is <laughs> as as much as I, I respect you guys, what you do, um, this is definitely a one-off situation. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, it's uh, like it's like comedians refer to it as jury duty. Like all their comedian mm. friends will eventually come on their podcast because they're friends and they know they need content. Yeah. And it, it's slowly becoming like that with magicians that like anyone i know has probably been on the podcast or is lined up to to come on and they so and they sort the of bottom of the barrel josh that's what we're saying bob bob is scraping what, the bottom yeah yeah um and yes yeah, so anyway that's fun all right so <laughs> so gig so uh full-time how long have you been doing it full-time for do you do you think about ooh, 14 years now I'm not, it's not my only job, it's not my only source of income. Ooh, so, it, okay. I would wait, you know, let me like, guess. Let me guess. Um, okay, actually, and everyone can guess in the meantime. So, you have another, like, what would you call it a day job? Yeah, I suppose you could call it a day job. <sighs> okay. Um, you speak so well. I'm going to say, I, uh, school teacher? Yeah, exactly that. No. Yeah, yeah. You're a school teacher. Oh my yeah. god! Let me give myself a little. This is <laughs> Got it, mum. The mentalist, illusionist, extraordinaire. I mean, Bob had it mind reading close. He came in a cl- uh, close second. Exotic dancer, but yep. that was one before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plumber. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, good guess. So, really, school teacher. I don't. Hey, yeah. am I a good cold reader or what? Okay, so you're a right. school teacher. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, before I did magic, I trained as a teacher over in university and I uh, got my degree in science for that, science teacher. Um, I came out and oh. Josh nails it. Uh, okay. I did that for a while and then fell in love with magic as I found out I could earn money through magic. My wife and I um, started a family. No one came along and it was at the point where we were both earning well as teachers, but not enough to pay someone else to look after the kids. If that makes sense, right. you know, so we, right, we couldn't right. afford to pay someone to drop them off to school every day and all that. Um, the decision was made to, for one of us to step out of the teaching role and to be kind of parent. Um, we're both, no, we're both parents. Roll that back. To be the, the more <laughs> <stay at> homely <laughs> parent. <laughs> she's yeah. not a parent yeah. anymore. No. Um, so I stepped back. She's the, uh, I suppose, the more career-driven teacher than I am in that sense. And she's fantastic at her job. Amazing. So I stepped out of the teaching role. And the magic was there to keep the, the bills paid, to keep the mortgage paid. And there was enough magic there to cover all the bills in that sense, which is great. A real luxury to have. And I could be dad in the day and I could be going out and amazing magician at night. Yeah. 
and then COVID hit. Um, just after I've had my own parlor show as well, which sold out for how many months. COVID comes in, squashes everything. So I had the teaching to fall back on. Went back into that. But now I do music teaching and I go school to school to school with various different instruments. And I work for an agency there. Um, and I go and deliver ukuleles or guitars or rock band setup or vocals or whatever they need. And the agency we work with uh, is pretty awesome. And yeah, we provide instruments to 98% of schools across our area. Wow, that's cool. Do you ever do you ever bother to, you know, make some of the instruments levitate like the the you know, the levitating magic wand? Like do you ever have like a ah, yeah. recorder and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not thought of that one. I should do. Uh, recorders would work or ocarinas, the little ocarinas. Uh, yeah. the bigger things you'd have to get a fake one and, and then they'd spot that a mile away. I do yeah, a lot yeah. of um, drumstick. Maybe a drumstick could work. Yeah, that could mm. actually. The balance is quite nice for those too. Mm. Yeah, got me thinking there. I like it. <laughs> hey, this could be a new niche, you know. Um, good. Yeah. Magic music teacher. <laughs> you know, people are yeah. always confusing magicians with the word musician. So mm. you could even use that in your opening line. People think I'm a magician. Floats no musician. Mm. Today we're going to learn. Blah, blah, blah. That's it. That's it. Blend uh, it together. <laughs> love it. Uh, that brings me back to when I first started out in magic many years ago. I went for um, I went for a website that I was never going to get. My, my brand, you know, the idea of a magician and musician and, and the words. I went for Magic Ian was going to be my name at the time. You know, back when you start out, you're like, oh, I'll put Magic oh, yeah. in my name. So yep. I went for magician.com, couldn't get it. Magician.co.uk, couldn't get it. Couldn't get it anywhere. <laughs> and it took me forever to realize that Magic Ian spelt magician. Magician. <laughs> Proper face plant moment. Oh, that's why I can't yeah, get yeah. it. Oh, me, did, you try, <laughs> did you try like magic.ian? You know? No, I didn't. I didn't get Something that far. Like that. <clears throat> yeah, no. Dude, that, is, that is funny. That's funny, man. Yeah, proper kind of. Oh, yeah, that's me. That's my life. The way I think. <laughs> well, that that reminds me of uh, a student of mine who does his own magic. Now he got these business cards printed, and he just forgot to like double check the spelling. And instead oh, no. of it saying magician, it said like magic can. Like it, it was missing the <laughs> I. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, what do you do? Never mind. Yeah, yeah but. Uh, oh, idiot <laughs> i've not had a spelling mistake like that i've had i've had some mistakes like i missed out a w in the website before on a, on a business card so i'd have the mm. whole set printed but not a um yeah, not a, a couldn't spell the word magician <laughs> didn't know what magic plus my name meant but uh, i couldn't spell the word magician yeah so yeah. so so currently are you doing the um music teaching tours of schools and then performing yeah. On the weekends, is that how exactly that? Yeah. And what what magic events are you finding yourself doing the most these days? Are you doing weddings, or is that just in the wedding season? What do you find? Yeah. So for me, it's mostly weddings and the occasional significant birthday or corporate event, but mo most of it's weddings. When I say okay. significant birthday, it's like um, Sally's having a fiftieth party and she's inviting all her friends around, and they've rented out a private room in a, a, a pub or bar. And they need some entertainment for the evening. So I'll go around. Not quite a black tie event, but also not just not a low key event. Um, right. Someone's significant party. They tend to have a bit more money to spend. So it's a more um, high class event. And I'll be brought in to kind of entertain and keep people upbeat. Uh, nice. 
in in the UK, the wedding gigs you're doing are they in castles and stuff like that? Because we had Richard Parsons on, who primarily mm. does wedding magic. He's always talking about these beautiful, crazy venues um, that yeah. we don't have in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we we do have some amazing ones, and we have some dives as well. We've got everything you can imagine. Um, I can see a castle off my bedroom window here. Ironically, that's ridiculous. So, I know, I know. I live in um, a place called Tipton, which is where they film a lot of Peaky Blinders. Oh, I love that show. Blinders yeah. I love that show. Yes, I'm waiting for the new season to be filmed. I got to see some more Thomas Shelby. Hey, Unless there we go. We must wait. Yeah, so we do have castles and the like around here, um, but not everyone's going to be booking those venues out. It tends to be if they're booking a higher class venue, they'll go for a higher class entertainment like a magician, which is where Richard and myself might be involved. The more local yep. ones, um, like a, a working man's club is what we call it over here, where it's a huh. single story, low roof building with 50 tables that seat four chairs round. And it's all kind of old plasticky chairs. And there's maybe a small little stage at the front that used to have someone telling racist jokes on 30 years ago. Yep. <laughs> You've got those sort of working men's clubs places and people have parties there and weddings there. And it it's just as much fun to do one of those as it is to do a, highbrow high-end place you just got to yeah. go in and look at the place and go okay this is what we're going with today yeah because at, in their primal instincts people are still people like they react they're still going to respond no matter what status they're in you know exactly um, exactly they just might be a bit more honest at the working men's club like you know oh that was yeah. that was that was crap show us something else or whatever or yeah. i think i saw what happened there Whereas I find the more upper class people that call themselves that yeah. seem to freak out more openly and not question what's happening. It, there's a weird dynamic that I find that happens with that stuff. But like, for example, just two days ago, I did an event. On my Instagram story, I put up a post about this. I, ac I accidentally, I've never done this for like eight years, but I went to a gig a day early by accident. Wow. So I like got there and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, like they haven't, no one's here. Like they haven't set up the photography banner wall. They haven't like nothing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. this, this, and, it, and it was for like a horse racing awards night. So these are people that spend a ton of money. So they're, you know, putting on a big event for them. But I'm like, they must be really chilled. Like, yeah, I'm an hour early, but, you know, I would think someone would be here. I realized it's not till tomorrow. And I was like, wow, I'm so prompt mm -hmm. as an entertainer. Like I'll wait. 24 hours before anyone shows up, you know. How um, far away were you from home? Not far, less than okay. half an hour. But I just had never done that. So what I did was I went into the venue anyway and um, made an Instagram reel because <laughs> I had my tripod and everything with me. So I like used the venue as the background and made right. some content just so there was some reason for me to pay $15 on parking mm. uh, for getting there a day early. <laughs> so <way>. anyway, <laughs> went back the next day. And I was performing and um, this audience are very, yeah, they're very open and they're very like, they kind of remind me of the Peaky Blinder vibe, like, all right, mate, show us something else or whatever. Yeah. And I was doing some rubber band magic, which the couple I was initially showing it to were freaking out um, and all sorts of things, torn and restored and jumping to the hand, this and that, the other. And then, yeah, but this guy was like, can you show me a card trick? Cause like it's kind of boring rubber band stuff. He just openly yeah. said that, you know, and sometimes you need to hear that for the feedback of, um, yeah. 
sure. And so anyway, I'm like, well, let's do a compromise. Let's do something that involves cards and rubber bands. Mm. And anyway, it just keep it keeps moving and no one cares. But, you know, different audiences will definitely tell you different things. Yeah, that was a long tangent to go on to tell you that. But um, no, now, we, it's, now we all know. <laughs> it's a very valid point, though. And you'll find the the more polite the audience, the less feedback you're going to get. And mm. you just won't get booked again. Whereas if you're in a, a, a rougher place, if you want, want to call it that, then you're yeah. going to be told straight away. It's like Jay often says working on the street and Doug says working on the street. You get instant feedback. If you're at a place that's very outspoken, you get instant feedback on that. They'll tell you to clear off and shove off if, you, if they need to. That's, yeah, that yeah, that and and performing for kids, I think, are like the most brutal, yeah. honest audiences, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the last story I can bring up about that event is I was performing and then this one lady at one point was like, I think I love you. And she's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about you, but I, I might love you. But she said it in like a really endearing way. Like she's there with her husband, which is yeah. even more honest, I guess. But, you know, that, <laughs> she was just so freaked out of what was happening that she was just like giving me her emotions. I'm like, cool. I, I great. love what you did. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think the earliest time I got to a gig is about four hours, and I went to it was quite a nice rest, um, quite a nice venue. It was a not a a castle, maybe a stately home sort of place, but the sort of place where you rent the whole place for your wedding. And it was uh, Mm -hmm. there's a a big hall area with lots of seats laid out, and then the the guests would have the wedding there. They come outside, a bit of canapes and drinks, and they go back in for the party part. And my job was to entertain outside when they all came out. The problem was I got there about four hours early, baking hot day, lovely, roof off the car, great, drink lots of fluid, keep hydrated. Four hours and lots of fluid in the sun means I've got to go to the loo at some point. And I didn't um, figure out that the toilet was at the back of this massive room where the couple were getting married in. So by the time the wedding rolls around, I need to go to the loo. Everyone's in the room getting married. And I can't, I can't get through unless I'm going in a bush outside this stately home, or yeah. I'm going to walk through the whole wedding itself. So I ended up doing sort of a, an old spy movie type thing where I, I scamper through the bushes, go around into the tradesman's entrance, and get let in by the chef to go into their loo round the back. <laughs> oh but if God. they looked through the wedding reception through the window, they would have seen me scurrying across the garden to get back to the front. And uh, again, that was uh, certainly not my grandest moment. Dude, it happens. I mean, I think we've all. We've all had to use the bushes at some point because we're <laughs> just, it's a long drive. So you're sipping on your water or whatever. Yeah. And then you just get there and you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Or you're waiting <laughs> for four hours, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> that, thankfully, do? I didn't have to go in the bushes that time, but, you know, hopefully never. <laughs> Not quite yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the things you have to look out for as an entertainer. You know, I, yeah. street buskers, it must be crazy because like you're in the hot sun. Mm. If you eat the wrong thing, you're like, oh, damn, I got to pack up all my gear and wheel it yeah. with me, you know, um, or get someone to watch it. But then, you know, do you trust them? Uh, that's crazy. So when yeah. you're when you're performing primarily close up for these events, mm-hmm. do you have a, f- a favorite effect or is there something that you found that's a little odd as like the classic magician effects that you've like enjoyed or found like? really work for you yeah um i find a lot of people love car magic but a lot of magicians like car magic as well so if they've seen mm. a magician before they've probably seen a bit of cards 
I will um, tend not to go in with an ambitious card routine to start with. I often start with Stand Up Monty by Garrett Thomas, I want to say. Nice. The, the three-card Monty. I yeah. love that routine. And I've, I've got the, the patter down. It's a little bit cheeky. It kind of sells myself to the group as not taking myself too seriously. And it's, it's enough tricky sleight of hand to gauge what the group's like. So I quite like that. I also do fork bending. David Penn and Morgan Strebler's Liquid Forks. I swear nice. by it. Go and check it out, everyone, if you haven't done so already. Um, mm. In fact, don't, don't, it's no good. Don't buy it. Um, <laughs> yeah, let yeah, me, yeah, let yeah. me do it. Roll that back. Don't buy it. Let me do it. Yeah, um, yeah I love that. That gets massive reactions and they all get this weird fork. And I, I've changed the routine a bit from David's one. So there's a few moments of humor that match me a bit more. Um, yeah, so I love that. And then little things like, where's this? Uh, just little simple things like this. So a, it's a little cardboard box, but it's actually a music box. You open it up, and then you can have a little prop in there and you pop it down on the table in front of them. And it just, because the sound, the audio makes a real difference to, to, to what's going on. It's not me having to describe a prop. It's a little music box there. Open That's it up, so it interesting. So it does is. that mean you could have, say, for example, three coins and you could open that up and that be your music for doing like a three fly. Yeah, absolutely. You could leave or you, them on that. Or are you just opening it to take out the props and then closing it? Um, for me, I just open it up, take out a prop and then close it. But you could leave it on for the music. Um, wow. You can have it to <laughs> whatever you want. So, yeah. The fun thing I like with it is I'll leave it on the table and they'll open it up and it won't work. <laughs> it's just a cardboard box ah. with props in. Oh my god! Okay, so for them to you've do. already fooled me. You've already fooled ah, me. Ah yes, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, awesome. Um, I know. I think Jay and Doug were talking about this the other day. Uh, the other day for me, I don't know how many weeks ago it was for you, but having <laughs> sound as a thing. Yeah, and they were talking about this exact gimmick. It's oh. a device for playing whatever sound you like. Yeah, you can use it as a, a whispering tool as well, which I know Paul Daniels did quite a bit. Um, so you turn it quieter, obviously, but you'd open the box and you'd, you know, bring someone close and say, come on, come on, listen to this. That person over there is thinking of a card. Um, have, have a listen to the box. Seven of clubs. Uh, and then you make it to the only day here. And then what, what was in the box? And I'll go seven of clubs and you open the box. There's nothing there. And then everyone reacts, how did you know that? And so, oh, we're not going to tell you. Ha, ha, ha. Um, and then you mercury card fold the seven of clubs, shove it in the box on the offbeat, and it actually is in there. Well, that's how we knew. And then that person that just heard it gets a reaction as well. So it, it's simple little things. You know, there's no skill at all in that, but it's just something a bit different. Yeah. That is so bloody cool. I reckon that's, for me, this is the gem of like a real worker. You know, you would never think of something yeah. like that, you know, uh, for me at least. Like that is, we're going to talk off here because that's. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool the good thing about chatting with someone on the other side of the world mm. is like you can discuss secrets or routines and like mm. we're never going to run into the same clients <laughs> yes exactly, <laughs> so exactly there's no competition here do you um, want me to show the gadget for that oh yeah What's look how how far are we into the podcast 46 yeah no muggles are, are watching this at this point so please if you uh, feel cool. so obliged so it's um it's actually called a magic gadget I'm not sure what the particular brand name is, but it's a little box there. It's quite old school. It's got a bank of MP3s and a radio on it. And then there's a pressure pad that sets it off and a speaker. 
and you load it into your jacket, um, all set and ready to go. I, it's not mine. I don't sell these, but I have a search around. You choose the track you want. So there's the music box. You squeeze that under your arm or in your foot or, in my case, under my thigh, and it plays the music box. Or there's the phone, and it plays the phone. And simple as that. And nobody notices you're just doing a gentle squeeze in your arms or sitting on it or whatever. And you can mm. change all the MP3s to whatever you want, record yourself doing wow. whatever you want to record yourself, do you? And it sounds and, pretty loud too. So is one end of that going inside your jacket pocket, like your inner? Yeah, yeah. I, I normally have it in the inside, um, what do you call it, the inside breast pocket myself. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. You, it's really, really loud. That was on a quite a quiet setting. You can have it so you could easily hear it across the table in a, in a, in a banquet setting. And everyone would hear it. They'd be like, that's the loudest music box in the world. <laughs> you know, there's no way they'd miss it. Yeah. So, I mean, little things like that. So many ideas come to mind already. Like, you could have the sound of a bird, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You, a bird, and then, you know, it's the latex dove, but they can hear it making, yeah. you know, sounds, and then you stretch it out and throw it off stage or whatever. Absolutely. Ah, uh, Ian. <laughs> everyone, everyone can leave now because I've had enough. Like, I've gotten go. That's, this is just, for me now <laughs> that's really you, fun so do you use that like is that something you actually use regularly or do you just bring it out for fun when you're feeling like um just I, add a bit of yeah spice. i tend to normally wear it in my jacket and just see how it goes at the event yeah <laughs> the, the other one i have uh, is um when you, the miser's dream i do in the little show where you take a coin you, you drop it in the box and you take another coin but can you hear that uh, oh yeah we hear it and then you shake the bucket around and again, that's another <laughs> slightly different gadget. Oh, missed it. Um, slightly different gadget doing the sound effects. Okay, the palming, the, the vanish and all that's dreadful on there. But it's the sound wow. that sells it. And Absolutely. it's such a, a simple little thing. And you just can see it in your hand. And, and off you go. And at the end, you tip the bucket out and there's nothing in there at all. Or you, you could even have that box and be like, can you guess what's in here? And you have it, you shake it and it's like the sound of coins. And then you tip it yes. out and it's like yeah. sponge balls or something. Exactly that, yeah. So you do, um, oh, we, like that. you guess what's in the box. Well, actually, you'd want to record the coins in the box to make the sound real. But then you tip it out. Mm. And no, it's actually not a coin. It's a feather. That that didn't float down at all then, did it? That went down like a lead feather. feather. <laughs> uh, for the people listening made at home, out, I dropped made a feather. Out of a coin. <clears throat> yeah, made yeah. out of a coin. <laughs> I think one, uh, I one of my fondest memories are of when I first heard about the idea of uh, a sound gadget is like mm. doing the, uh, the ringing of a wine glass with your finger going around the top yes. of it, but then being able to move your finger above the glass while still doing that motion and having it make that sound and yes. then bring it back down again. You know, things like that are so magical. Yeah, I feel like I you've got it. You've got it. Oh, gosh, it. Loud. Um, yeah, I've got it. That's, um, one of those, isn't it? Oh. Yes. Oh, you have it already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Classic stuff, man. You've got to, uh, when you start thinking, what sounds can you make? Can you look at a table, like a banquet table in front of you? That, that's where your mind goes. Like, lick your, well, you wouldn't lick your finger these yeah. days, I guess. But you run your finger around one of the spare glasses. Yeah. Or if you had your own drink with you, because, you know, so yeah. many waiters will be serving drinks, you could just grab one, dip your finger in it, and then do it. Yeah. That would definitely yeah. warrant a drink for that to be able to do that effect. Yeah. Yeah. God I also damn. like, um, someone mentioned on the podcast a while ago, wine glass magic tricks. 
and mm. things you can do with wine glasses. My mind went straight away to that sound gadget again. You can do the finger bit. But the other thing I do with a wine glass is um, you levitate it across the table. Oh, yes, I've the seen I've seen your video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Lysander's, uh, one of Lysander's uh, marketed yeah. effects. So it's I just great. I put, I I did acquire that when I saw Lysander at Magic Live at the, the dealer's hall. Um, is that, do you find you use that in a close-up situation? Not as much as I'd like to. Right. Um, I tend to find the gimmick itself takes up more space than I can allow for it on a yeah. regular basis. It's the yeah. sort of thing that if I'm, if I need another thing for the table and the atmosphere is right, I'll go back and get it out of the box, load it on myself, and then uh, often do anniversary waltz maybe to the table or might just drop a signed card into the glass and then say, do you want to have a look at it and float the glass over to them? So it's nice. more of an offbeat. Um, I wouldn't do it in close-up as let's all focus on the glass. Let's all, I think there's too much heat on it there in the sort of things I'm performing in. Um, but there's no reason why. That's, that's you what know, I was wondering. You, yeah. Mm. If you're that sort of psychic performer and you set it up right, you certainly could. But for me to say, okay, everyone, let's look at the glass, they'd all be looking at the glass and thinking, what's he got under the cloth? Um, and they'd be starting to re-engineer it. Yeah. That's yeah, that's right. But that's that episode of the podcast you're talking about, that's a thing I've always been wondering about is like, because yeah. every event has a wine glass or a um, beer bottle or something, but mostly wine glasses. And yeah. I'm like, that's so organic as a prop. What can we do with it? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. obviously there's some great work with uh, breaking the wine glass bottom, putting it back on. Oh yeah. I love, I love the sound idea. I'm trying to play with, can you do, I haven't tested this yet, but like, can you put, hook a rubber band around the two stems of two people's wine glasses but um, oh. and then do something. But the problem is, you know, for let's say a standard crazy man's handcuffs, you know, you would want the rubber bands to be this way, whereas now it's that mm. way. Yeah, yeah. But there are certainly, yeah. Oh, but then I'm like, but maybe if you put the rubber bands there, now you could like sit something on top of it. Like you could sit a card on there mm. if you had a good enough reason for it to be there. Yeah. So that that's one of those things that I'm I'm forever trying to find like <laughs> the really like reputation making thing mm. for well, me not, anyway not reputation making but the one i do with a wine glass um in my little parlor show or i did was um anniversary card so you get two people up and i do garrett thomas's anniversary card where they both end up signing a face and the the card produces a double-faced card with two signatures on mm. i um to to melt them together i'll either do it in the hands or i'll put it in the wine glass and cover it up and then it'll change and I use the wine glass to display it to people and I'll, I'll drop it in there and hold it up so it all looks genuine and, and it's fair as I hold it around. And then I'll ask someone at the front to hold their hand out, put the cloth over the wine glass and the wine glass with the card inside floats over. And then as you whip the cloth off, the heat's on the card in the glass rather than the cloth that you've just whipped off. It, it's yeah. kind of an, a nice, not a distraction, but their, their focus is in a different place. And then by the time their focus has come back to the right place, Everything's tidied up. You know, you're not dirty yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, I like that. The other thing I'm that's just come to mind is you could do like a silk through wine glass, like the silk through microphone stand kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps you could have someone hold their glass with their hands like this, and you could yeah. you could do that. There's a sound issue with that, but if you could work a way around that, that could be cool. Anyway, again, yeah. this is just me helping myself here. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's a magician yeah. over here called um, Mark Lavelle, and he did a thing where you have two bills, two 
um, paper money notes, and they change places visibly when one is placed inside a wine glass and the spectator holds the wine glass horizontally, um, mm. like one hand on the mouth of the glass, mm. one hand on the foot, but it's sideways on. And the bill's inside. You shake the wine glass or they shake it and the bill inside changes. So that's, I think it's called ODO. Nice. Yeah. It's right, a bit fiddly, right. um, but it's worth checking out as another wine glass thing. Yeah, and I mean, then then you've got like things like uh, I forget his name from the UK, but he's great. He does a lot of um, thread work, and he will have the bill inside the glass, you know. And he would have oh right, yeah, yeah, and bounce have it up animate. There. But then the problem yeah. is, like at, at an event we're working, like if there's mm. an empty glass, it's had liquid in it, you know. So there's going to yeah. be residue and stuff. Yeah, but um, you know, then there's Michael Vincent. I think it's Michael Vincent. I've seen do this. There's a routine where you have like a selected card and you also have like two aces and you put, so after they've selected a card, you then go, look, we're going to take the ace of spades, put it on your hand. Then we're going to put the Mm -hmm. glass on top. Then we're going to take the ace of hearts, put it on top of the wine glass. And then we're going to take the deck, sit it on top of everything. And then what happens is the heart ends up on top of the deck now. So it's gone through the deck. Then you say the spade goes through the glass. Now it's at the bottom and then the card left on the hand is their selected card good yeah yep i should really nice. i should really test it out again yeah but still <laughs> anyway it's these kind of things that you know you don't think about until you're like you just do a bunch of gigs and you're like uh, i've done enough ambitious card what else like could i yeah what else can you know? start jamming with speaking exactly. of which that brings us quite nicely on to uh before we wrap up i've got yeah. two books out i've got to mention tell us um and bob alluded to the blue one a bit earlier Brennan's magical effect randomizer, but I've got a voyage to better magic and this blue one. Um, they're on Amazon. If anyone wants them, I earn sod all if you do buy them, but please do buy them. It makes me feel better. Um, the a voyage to better magic is the articles I wrote for the magic circles magazine. There's something like 13 theory articles and bits and bobs on character, uh, performance style and various things. And there's 10 routines in there. My own creation apart from the one that wasn't, but Andy Gladwin sorted me out on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a long story there. Um, so there's that one, which is quite a, a, a more in-depth read. It's got pictures and, and words. Um, and then there's this one, which is if you're ever stuck for ideas, thank you, Mark, both the brilliant books. I'll pay you later. Uh, this one is if you're ever stuck for an idea to create your own magic, can't think of anything new, you're looking for a unique trick, um, but it keeps evading you. And this is the one to get. And it's the opposite of the other one. Uh, Bob wow. said the randomizer book's been very inspirational. So I, I've tried to make it a bit like a snake oil sort of salesman type thing on here. Yeah. It's, have you ever played those games where you roll a dice and then it gives you an answer? Um, you know, you, random numbers. <clears throat> it's a bit like that. So you roll a dice three times or you pick a random a randomizer on your phone and then it will give you an effect and it will give you a object and then it will give you a, um, a style to perform it in. And then it's up to you to go and create the method yourself. And wow. if you were to do them okay. all, there'd be 14,000 different effects in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. this yeah. That's great. So can people get to that through your website or no? Just on Amazon. Just stick it into Amazon. Um, I'm not sure how much it'd be depending on where you are in the world. But yep. Amazon work out all the shipping and, and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, th- so- that isn't, that's not a reading book. That's literally just a word on a page. But it might give you some ideas. To, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so... 
post this being live, I'll put the links to that as well. So you can find that. Fantastic. Because I understand your website is probably based for clients to book you, not so much yeah, the yeah. other stuff. Like on my website, I literally have like all the corporate stuff. Then I have a little tab for fun stuff. <laughs> and that'll yeah, bring yeah. up the podcast or vlogs and stuff. Um, but we'll make sure we have all those links because that's that's really cool. And obviously, you know, you're you're a big part of um, like you're, you're heavily involved in the Magic Circle which we didn't really dive into a lot, but that just means we'll have to have you back on again one day. But we'll start earlier so that you, you don't have to start. <laughs> I'm not quite as late. I've, I've got one in... more thing. One more thing. Uh, oh, please. There's, there's no immediate rush. I mean, we'll... Um, oh, okay, cool. you want to go before the sun comes up the next day, but... <laughs> That's please. all good. It's all good. Uh, bear with me a sec. All right, so he's muted there. That's all good. We'll just keep chatting. Everyone's been... Uh, it seems like quite a few people have... Have Ian's books, so this is you can hear me pretty awesome. Oh, yep, yeah, yeah, you're back. I've got these. Uh, can you see the little bag? I, I can make see the bag. Yeah, nice. I make um, walnut shells. I say I make walnut shells. I make like yeah. a free shell game. You make uh, these. I sell those as well. Yeah, they're oh, well, they're real walnut shells. I hollow them out and oh, craft wow. them for magicians. And yeah, so I've, I've done a bit of creating, a bit of making, and all sorts of things really as the years go by. Yeah, you do it all. <laughs> <laughs> you try it only instruments, instruments magic book mm. writing lecturing creating mm. very nice yeah. and i only just realized you have a uh, a watermelon shirt on ah oh, i oh, should man, you gotta go gotta go right. watermelon. Uh, i've worn our merch jumper today the magic guys but um nice. otherwise i would have had a watermelon shirt on <laughs> <laughs> see this is how That's much crazy. i have you know studied for this chat today no i, I, I knew and- it was watermelon all the way <laughs> thank you man thank you. I, you you know you're probably one of the few avid listeners who have actually gone back and like like listened to all the episodes that's crazy dedication especially while having a family and a day job and doing magic so yeah well we were chatting off air before um and i was saying how when we used to do the podcast ourselves phil and myself it was great pleasure to do it was a, a labor of love but you just didn't have time for anything else. And I, I know Josh feels this as well sometimes, but now I'm not doing that. I've got time for everything. I can, I can go out and get a watermelon shirt and, you know, get myself all clued up and, and watch 109 episodes of the greatest magic podcast that's currently running in the world. And, and, you know, all of this kind of stuff, I can just enjoy life the way wow. it is. Now right. people are asking here, there's no way that he started the show with that on. Have, is, have you just done a magic effect that I have not even caught on to? Because if you have, <laughs> you know. that's awesome. They'll have to uh, watch it back. They'll have to see it. That, yeah, we're going to have to rewind it. Guys, <laughs> Ian, thank you so much for coming on here. That's really, it's really been awesome. And uh, I look forward to having you on again. Shout out to Bob for making this happen as well. Because th- there are these awesome people out there that are just busy working, aren't on the, the social yeah. platform. So we don't really get to hear from them until yeah. people bring them up and uh, obviously go listen to his podcast grab some shells from him grab some books and have a good time but ian any any last piece of wisdom you want to leave with the magic community any uh, thoughts wow um yeah give it to read, him straight read more <laughs> read more read some of the old books read the classics um there was something in hiding the elephant which i've got over here and it was talking about how uh, Thurston and Divan and and the old magicians were trying to create a way to levitate the lady, and they, they came up with all these amazing methods. And I, I want to say it was Divant, I'll have to check, um, was doing this levitation. And then in the theater next door, Peter Pan opened up, 
and they're, they're in Peter Pan's lots of flying around, as you know. But people wouldn't come and see his show. They'd go and see the Peter Pan show. Even though in Peter Pan, you could see the strings, you could see the ropes. There was no illusion of the person flying. But the story was so much better. They would go and see that rather than see someone actually fly next door. So when we're doing magic, we often get caught up on the method and and not on the simple things of how can we make someone feel? How are you going to make him feel today? And can you weave a story in with it? Not just, oh, here's my double lift and here's a quick change. You know, what, what story are you going to weave? Get them to, you be Peter Pan. Forget about the method. You know, think about the effect. I love that. You be Peter Pan. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.